The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai, entrepreneur, wife, and mother of three, once divorced and now remarried to a much younger man, uncut and uncensored with Caroline Stanbury follows me as I live my life unapologetically and shows you that there is life after 40. I'm here to let you know that not only is there a life after divorce, but you have the power to make it your best one yet, just like I did. So buckle up and join me for the wild ride. Welcome back to another episode of Uncut and Uncensored with Caroline Stanbury. Okay, so, and we've all been there, relationships and what is real love versus love bombing and making grand gestures. And I used to live with all these gorgeous girls when I was younger. And, you know, these men used to sort of go out of their way to chase them. And what's the difference, by the way, between love bombing and actually the chase? Because... I always used to say, I don't understand if a guy's really interested, he'll do only anything to get you, won't he? But I never really had that. So when I was younger, I suppose I was like, I, as I said, I lived with all these models and one of my, my roommates was actually a few of my roommates were quite famous and they had all these gorgeous, famous men used to come by our apartment and take out these girls. And it would be like a revolving door of Hollywood a-list actors. I can't even tell you. One of my roommates dated Orlando Bloom. Another one dated, oh, what's he called? The guy from The Australian Guy. God, I'm terrible. You know, the Rolling Stones. I mean, crazy. My my house was crazy when I was growing up. And, you know, I would see all these things go down and sort of guys flinging themselves at my roommates. And now I look back and I wonder what was real and what was not. You know, Love bombing is, well, there's that nursery rhyme, isn't there? First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes the golden carriage or something. Love bombing is when a guy sort of like does this whole, I can't live without you in the first week. And it never really felt right or real to me when I witnessed this, because I'm like, how the fuck do you know? And and they kind of like send you love letters and gifts. And every day you get home, you get a bunch of flowers and it gets bigger and bigger every week. And they kind of want to get married straight away. And they want to like, not trap you, but give it a name, right? Give it a name straight away. And I think back in my day, to be honest, we did a lot less dating than is acceptable now. We sort of, if you'd been on three dates, I suppose you were boyfriend and girlfriend, weren't you? I mean, because it it's a lot more acceptable now to date multiple people and to take your time and really choose your partner. Whereas I think back then, everybody, just as I've always equated it to musical chairs, everybody wanted to grab the first first one that you got and nail them down because, you know, getting married in your early twenties was the prize or getting married full stop was the prize. If you're pretty, you know, everybody wanted to get married and just close the deal. So, you know, it was harder in my generation to understand what love bombing was because everybody was in a rush to make things exclusive and get married. Whereas I think now, with the way the world is, and there's so many dating apps and so many choices, love bombing, it, it sits in your gut. You know when something doesn't see, feel real, or I do. You know when someone sort of tries too hard, whether it be business, whether it be love. I'm, you know, I definitely understand when someone's chasing you. Friendship, 
I guess you can be love bombed into a friendship, you know, when somebody, you meet somebody and they call you and they text you and they keep asking you out. I mean, when it happens to me now, I'm like, God, this is a bit weird. Like, why are they so desperate to see me again? I'm not that fun. It does the actual reverse for me. It makes me take a step back and go, why do you want to be my friend so badly? And the older I've got, I'm, I'm, you know, Sergio and I quite boring these days. So, you know, I, I sort of mistrust it straight away. But then I guess I used to be like that when I'd meet people, I get so overexcited. So I'm like, how do you know that love bombing is innocent versus somebody that really has something to gain or is a bit of a narcissist or wants you for all the wrong reasons? I don't know. As again, because, you know, I I'm trying to look back at friends like the guys that wrote poetry every day, you know, I had girlfriends of mine that would come home to little post-it notes on mirrors and, and all over the house. And I used to think how romantic and they'd leave them like poetry. And, and those guys actually, by the way, it was very weird. They were handsome. But what I understood is that they would turn themselves into the man that he thought the woman needed. Right. So like one of my girlfriends back then, she was a, a cook Right. And then suddenly she found this gorgeous guy. She she'd actually got divorced. She had money and she got this really hot guy. And he all he wanted to do every day is cook with her. And I was like, this just seems too good to be true. Like he was just like the male version of her. And she loved to golf. So he wanted to golf and everything was just too perfect. Like all his interests were the same as hers. And although that sounds amazing, don't get me wrong, it's just not very likely, is it, that we, we've got a golfing chef who likes to be half naked around the house, who's fucking hot, and then you've got a rich divorcee. And I think it's just listening to your gut then. I mean, it made me feel like a little uneasy around them, got to be honest. And it was really hot and really passionate. And, you know, he'd be taking her away on weekends and spending all this money and like, you know, making himself so available to meet her family and just being, and then she has kids as well, had kids. So like the perfect with the kids and taking them out. It's almost just too good to be true. Like too good to be true. And I sometimes think the slow burn, and as I said, no one's perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. You know, so to find a perfect human today that wants to be or wants to be all things to you is a giant red flag to me. Although it sounds amazing, it would be a massive red flag. Like, where's your life? Where Don't you need to be somewhere? How come you want to do everything I want to do? And my friends are now all your friends. Where are your friends? That's another thing. People that don't have their own friend group and they're happy just to slip into yours is another giant fucking red flag to me. And it's funny because when you're in it or girls are in it, they kind of go, no, he just loves my friends and they love him. So, you know, we just all want to be together. That's not true. That's not true. It's impossible that that's true. You know, you've got to have a life before you met me. And you've got to have to have responsibilities and places that you need to be before you met me. And, you know, I would find it very weird not to meet a whole group of people. And there are things like, 
when they don't want you to spend time with other people. And I actually like, it's funny because if I look, go back to when I met Sergio all those years ago now, five years ago, you know, I felt like in a way he, he didn't love bomb me with gifts and things like that, but I felt in a way uneasy because I'd never had someone that, you know, chased me in such a way that, you know, it was hard to, that also put me on the defense. And I'm so glad now that I didn't listen to people because he actually is just somebody, I think, because I met him and there are different, you know, love bombing narcissists that does it to gain control of you. And then there is somebody who's just, you know, Sergio was 24 years old and fell in young love. So his whole life back then, I suppose he had finished uh, football. He was a little bit lost. And I offered him some sort of stability and a home in a way. And, you know, for him, that was incredibly attractive. So he was able, because at being 24, it's very different, I think, from being 24 and being, you know, a 30-year-old man doing all these things. Because if if a 30-year-old man just picked up or a 33-year-old man just picked up and moved halfway across the world, I'd be like, what the f- how do you do that without taking time? And how do you not have a life built? Whereas, you know, when I looked at Sergio and I sort of did at the beginning because everyone told me Sergio was there for all the wrong reasons and that, you know, he was going to leave me and that he only wanted the lifestyle and all of these things. I did mistrust as well because I'd read about narcissists and I'd read about love bombing. And I thought, well, maybe he's doing that to me because, you know, he wanted to come here and, you know, he didn't have a life here. But I realized actually when I met Sergio, it's very different because he didn't really have a life yet. You know, he just finished football. So that had been all his life. And then he'd finished his schooling. So it was like he literally was like a deer in headlights going, well, where now? And if you all think back to that time, you know, at that point, if I hadn't picked him up at that point, we probably wouldn't be where we are because he wouldn't have been able to make all the moves and the choices that he has made today to be with me. Now, you know, I know a lot of people that were married to narcissists or have uncovered it along the way. And I don't, you know, and and it's very different. It's very different because they're actually mean. They're mean and they're unkind. And it turns into a very toxic relationship because the whole relationship is to do with control. And that is something that I definitely don't have because I'm in control. So I think, you know, there are fine lines and there are warning signs and things that you need to look out for. You know, there is things like, okay, what is love bombing? So I've got it here. We have excessive flattery and praise, which we all fall for because everybody needs it and everybody needs to feel wanted, right? And then over-communication of your feelings. So it's, it's like, always wanting to talk about how no one's going to love you like they love you or, you know, they've never felt this way before. All of these things, like sometimes in life, I feel like the unsaid word or the unwritten word is, you know, more powerful. You know, like when I met my husband, we communicated through literally looking at each other. You can just, I can tell what Sergio's thinking just by looking in his eyes and as can he with me. So, you know, I don't need to communicate that all the time. I mean, the the one thing that we do do is communicate, but we absolutely 
don't need to, I don't know, reassure each other daily. I know how he feels about me. And I think that, you know, love, love bombing just, they make you want to feel like they're the only ones that will ever love you this way. I mean, and, and that goes down to your friends, your family. Like no one understands you like they do. No one will ever care for you like they do. Your kids, everyone comes second to them. And I think that that's, you know, it's also look a very, very, very insecure way of living. Love bombing and love bombers and narcissists are quite insecure in the end of the day. It's about keeping control and security of their lives and making sure that you can't make a move without them because you've been conditioned conditioned into needing that validation daily. I mean, and the funny thing for me, because I, I think when I was married to Jem, I have said I beat that out of him because, you know, although he said lovely things to me, don't get me wrong, I used to sort of giggle and get uncomfortable and make him feel a bit silly for saying these things, I suppose. And now I realize that's kind of wrong. And I, I you know, we should be able to express our feelings openly, but, you know, there is a fine line, again, with doing it because you love a person and doing it with to gain control of a person. The other signs are senseless, needless gifts all the time. And, and, and you know, mo I live in Dubai, so most women aren't turning those down anytime soon, you know, and, and women do kind of measure how much a man loves them or think that they should from gifts. And the weird thing is, in my entire life, gifts has never been something that I've ever been showered with. I mean, once I was married, of course, I had beautiful things and, and Sergio gets me lovely gifts, but it was never early on. And I've never been showered with gifts by guys very early on in a relationship to try and sort of woo me, as it were. I dated a very famous footballer years and years ago. And funnily enough, and this is really funny, I mean, we'd go to go and get pizza and I would pay half the bill. I mean, now I think about it, it's fucking ridiculous. He was one of the most famous footballers ever back then. But yes, I, you know, I, I never got that. And the only th time he ever did buy me a gift, he bought another one for another girl he was sleeping with. So yeah, that went firmly in the bin. But anyway, so no, I don't really have a good track record with being uh, gifted. And I, you know what, now I read it all and I saw all my girlfriends getting this attention and these gifts and the things like this. I'm actually bloody glad I didn't. I'd have ended up with one of those guys. And actually, you know, some of these guys that I knew back then, like the, the famous soccer player, you know, they, that's exactly what they used to do. Shower women with gifts, love bomb them and then control them. It's an absolute pattern. You know, and then the last sign really is intense talks about your future together. Well, if I just started dating someone and they wanted to just talk about how many children I wanted every day, that would also be a red flag for me. I, you know, I don't know. I, I like to take, oh, I liked to take my time. I suppose second marriage on when I was with Sergio, I really wanted to take my time because Obviously, I've already got children. I've been married. I didn't want to make a mistake. But then, you know, again, there is a fine line between closing yourself off and listening to other people. Because if I'd listened to other people, I wouldn't be with Sergio. 
And still today, like yesterday, I got asked if I had my facelift for Sergio. No, I didn't. I find that incredibly insulting, you know, because he's going to leave me eventually for someone younger. Again, and I reiterate again, I did this for me just because I really want wanted it. I don't think anyone walks into a facelift, particularly for anybody else. And Sergio or my ex could leave me, could have left me for someone younger. Just because like, you are married 18 years or 20 years even doesn't mean the person isn't going to leave you for someone younger. I don't know where this, this sort of comfort in long relationships come from. And that's something that actually we should change because just because you've been married 25 years, more be it or not, people that I know have been married 25 years either don't get divorced out of laziness or not being able to financially, but doesn't mean that they're not having affairs and wouldn't, you know, love to be divorced. They just feel that they cannot get divorced, which is worse to me. And if my husband after 20 years or or my current husband after 20 years wants to leave me for a younger woman, he should. I don't want him. Why would I want him? I don't want him if he doesn't want to be here. That's crazy to me. So, you know, just because I haven't been with Sergio 18 years doesn't mean that, you know, he he's going to leave me. It's nuts. And as I said, if maybe I would have met a 45-year-old or a 50-year-old after my marriage. And, you know, to be honest, 45 and 50-year-olds, divorced or not divorced, are more commitment phobic than, than Sergio ever will be because they're already beaten by life. They're bitter as fuck. Most of them have ex-wives that have taken everything or, you know, literally beaten them into submission. So they don't want another committed relationship or they come with a whole host of baggage. I know divorcees who simply don't want to get married again and just want to date continuously. I mean, there's shitloads of those in Dubai. I can assure you most of them are, are my ex-husband's friends. So I see that the whole time. Just because I chose a young one doesn't mean to say that I'm going to land in a worse position. I Actually, to be honest, at my age, I'm 48 this year, I probably wouldn't have got one here. I wouldn't have got a guy here because I'm, I'm, I would have been invisible because I've got three kids. I require a conversation and work and there's a lot, you know, they get a lot more for less here. So how do you know, I suppose, the difference between the flutters and the love and the, you know, butterflies? Actually, I heard this one good thing. Butterflies are not things that you should only see on your wall or something. And I did, you know, I used to get butterflies every time I saw Sergio in my tummy, just because I was so happy to see him and him me, right? And we are very connected in that way. As I said, we still sort of catch each other's eyes and get those feeling, which is, which is amazing. I love that. So how do you know the difference? So I suppose Sergio and I have never gone from the phase of the love to the devaluation phase, which is once um, a person has let their guard down, they then begin to feel more comfortable in the relationship and the red flags begin to appear in a variety of ways. So the person becomes more demanding of your time. Therefore, you have less time to spend with friends and family and they limit your access to friends and family. And I know people that have actually had guys come in and I mean, clean sweep their lives. 
clean sweep their lives. We have a friend here that, you know, there was a group of us we're friends with. And like, since the relationship, nada, nothing, zilch. Very sad. They make it seem like they're doing it for your own good. And they make it seem like this is the only way and that people aren't supportive of your relationship. Therefore, you know, they're the wrong friends to have. And this just isn't the truth. But they guess gaslight you. And it's a slow downhill spiral from there. They can also use physical violence. I mean, not all the time, but they, you know, mostly it's mental And over time, as I said, you've already, because of the love bombing in the beginning, you've already become addicted to the high and you already feel like you need them and you need them more than anything. After that phase, you have the discard phase where people have sort of, I mean, actually, this is so textbook because it's exactly what I went through with a girlfriend of mine. People have begun to tell you or warn you Your friends have come out. Your family have come out. Maybe they said, we don't see you as much anymore. You're not as present in our lives. Maybe you used to go on girls trips. You you can't. Or you used to have family times. You don't. And when you confront them about their harmful behavior to your actual life, your partner simply just avoids accountability and won't compromise in any way. And, you know, you have to do all of that. And he sort of leaves you feeling disorientated and like that you can't fix it, right? So you haven't been able to fix it. And, you know, that it's all your fault and that you need to back down, which is where you either back down or you break up. And then when you break up, you've got this complete loss, right? Because it's a huge hole because you've been with that person all the time. And that's when slowly, slowly they re sort of gain your trust and try and come back. But when they come back, it's 10 times worse, right? It's the same thing, but stronger, but you're accepting it now because you've suffered the loss of them. You don't want to lose them. Now you'll do anything to get them back. And now you're in this cycle. It's a negative, negative, negative cycle. They don't care about anyone else. Most of them, you know, most of the people I know that were married to men like this, they don't have any contact really with their kids. The kids are just a tool, a tool to sort of affect their relationship with you. And they're kind of cold and emotionless unless it suits them or the timing suits them or the needs suits them. The children get no attention. You get no money. They don't want to take care of any of you. They don't look at the rationale. They don't look at the rationale of like, we've got kids together. I want to support you. I want to make sure you're okay because you've done everything bad to them. So they want nothing to do with you. So it's it's kind of this way that you... If you've got kids or if you haven't got kids, but if you've got kids, you lose everything. You lose everything. You lose your best friend, your backbone, your money, your financial, whatever. And that's how they gain control again, because obviously you come back and you say, I'll change. But if you haven't, you're missing that sort of constant in your life. And I could see how easy it is to accept certain. I'm a very tough woman. With my relationship, when I don't like something he's suggesting, I simply won't do it. I don't bend. I don't bend at all. But that takes balls. You you can't be afraid to lose something. And a lot of women are afraid to lose. 
And actually, in these kind of relationships, you're not losing anything. You're really not. You're losing far more by sticking it out because you lose your identity, you lose your friendships, you lose just a lot of things around you. So how do we know the difference and what's a loving relationship and what's not? I mean, you can only really go on things like your gut, your friends. You can see if you are slightly being removed from people that you love over time. You can see how your family responds to them. And if people are warning you that there are little things and signs that they feel aren't sitting well. And I don't mean the normal things that happen with new relationships because, you know, I got a lot of those too. Like he's too young or it doesn't make sense, all of these things. Because, you know, people are, at the end of the day, people have their own reasons for not wanting you to be places. But a lot of times, if your relationship is causing you anger, causing you anxiety, depression, mourning, like confusion, that is not a relationship, people. A relationship should build you up to be the best version of yourself. That's really the difference between a loving relationship. A loving relationship is somebody that wants you to shine, not to stay home and sit in a corner so no one can see you. So, you know, friends of mine that have shined before and the person that just wants to like dull it. Whereas if you see with someone like my relationship with Sergio, he spends his life trying to push me further up the ladder because what does that do for him? He goes too. He doesn't see it as competitiveness. He's coming with me because he's my partner. So if I succeed, he succeeds. A love bombing narcissistic partner doesn't see it like that because he doesn't want to see everyone, everyone else to see your shine and your sparkle. He only wants him to be able to see it because then he loses control because, you know, God forbid you might, well, you could become a famous TV star and then you'd be traveling the world and how, what kind of control would he have then? Nothing. Or, you know, you meet new people all the time then and people want to know you. He would hate that. A narcissist would hate that because, again, you're not just for him. Using uh, gaslighting by always telling you or putting you down. Whereas I think, you know, a relationship should be, even though, okay, so I, I, I have this now, I suppose. There are times where, obviously, because I'm I'm further along in life, you know, I do get angry and we work together, right? Sergio and I work together. So, you know, sometimes I'm not always happy with him. And I don't always think that he's handled things the right way, but that's more of a youth thing and a learning curve, right? And I'll tell him. And sometimes he says to me, why do you always have to tell me I'm doing it wrong? Or why can't you just, because I'm not telling you doing it wrong just so I can beat you into submission. I'm telling you because I need you to learn, genuinely learn. But if someone wakes up in the morning and is telling you, you don't look good today, you know, you're useless. You have never done anything right in your life. That's wrong. You know, that that is a completely different thing. That is something to cripple you, to cripple your growth in any way, to make you feel like without them, you are nothing nothing good will happen to you without them, that you need them. And that is the difference between a truly loving relationship and a 
codependent, abusive relationship because a loving relationship, that doesn't happen. You can, of course, you'll have times where you fight and you'll say horrible things. But, you know, 98% of it or, you know, 80% of your time is good. Everybody fights. Everybody says things they regret. But then, you know, a narcissistic relationship, you wouldn't apologize. Whereas in a normal relationship, you go, okay, you know what? I acted in haste. I don't mean it that way. And obviously, I think you're great at other, you know, this. And we've just got a long way to go. And, you know, all of these things. So, you know, it's harder. Actually, I would have thought it's easier today to see the difference between a loving relationship and a narcissistic love bombing relationship because there are so many options today available to us that I feel like somebody that really loves bombs in today's day and age and who goes crazy in the first two weeks and sort of sends you all these gifts and, you know, then gets angry when you can't spend time with them. And actually a girlfriend of mine just went through it and he actually started hitting her at the end. Into the rest of the world, by the way, he was amazing. Amazing. I had no fucking clue. And actually when she told me, I I actually took his side and I was going, I don't believe it. You must have done something because he wouldn't hurt a fly. Then I found out that he'd done the same with six or seven girls. And then I was like, God, how wrong I could be because they're really good at hiding it. So I've learned not to judge any situation. And if someone tells you something like that, you listen, you listen. And I felt, I went to her afterwards and said, I'm desperately sorry. I feel terrible because I'd never seen that side of him. So in today's world, with it being so fast paced and so much available, and it's acceptable to go on three dates in a night or to simply date each week. And you're not a asshole and you're not a slut. That somebody that wants to close it down in two weeks I'd be like, why? Why? What's your motive? I would think a little bit harder. I would spend real time. Go meet his friends. Go meet his family. See where he's from. Does his values align with your values? You know, somebody that just wants to keep you all to themselves and doesn't want to introduce you to people, there's a reason. There's a reason. Find out. You know, we live in a very, very easy come, easy go life. Gifts don't mean what they meant back then, you know, with all the world, the way it is right now, it, there's a lot of people making a lot of money who don't have good values, who think that women can be simply bought by giving them a handbag, which is, I get le letters all the time going, what handbag can I buy you? What do you mean? What handbag can you buy me? None. You know, I don't want one. I'll buy my own bloody handbag. But, you know, I mean, I live in Dubai, which is one of those places where girls, you know, come here, they have three or four men taking care of them. They have credit cards and, and they, they mistake that for love. It's not love. It's not love. If you're looking for love, don't take the credit card girls value yourself, you know, because once you start doing that and you've got three or four men sort of paying your bills, first of all, you lose your own sense of worth. And second of all, and it's fun for a minute. It really is. It's only a minute. There's only so much that you can do with a deal bag. Like, I, I don't get it. Like, where's the value of like doing things for yourself and choosing your real partner in life? And those men won't be your partner in life. So all I can say is try and separate excitement, flutters, giddiness 
for reality. Look at yourself objectively. Look at the whole situation objectively. Will he fit into my life? Do do my friends like him? What is his motive for needing this to move so fast? He's got to the age of 36. He wasn't married before. Why does he suddenly want to do this in a week now? Um, What's his family like? At the end of the day, you're stuck with this person. This is as good as it's ever going to be. You you better learn all of these things because you don't want to wake up next to a stranger. You really don't. And it used to be that the women got these giant divorce settlements and, you know, everyone could kind of get this as like a, I know some people used it as, I suppose, a career ladder. It doesn't happen anymore to girls. And, and also out here, if you're living in Dubai, good luck with that. I know people that have been married 20 years who built everything with their husbands and they're not sitting pretty. So don't rely on that. You know, rely on your intuition. Go find yourself a good man because there are plenty out there. And just because he's spending thousands on you in the first week doesn't mean he's a good man. That's where we've got our perspective skewed. Remember that. What is a good man? Somebody who listens, somebody who loves you, somebody who wants the best for you, somebody who won't leave you at the drop of the hat, somebody who doesn't sort of stare when every woman walks past, and somebody who just tells you you're amazing. I hope I've helped clarify a little bit, as much as I can. I know we live in a weird world today, and there are no easy ways to love, and I have a lot of very, very beautiful successful, clever girlfriends who it's just slipped by for. And if I can help in any way, because I feel like there is a lot of lonely people out there, or there are, and, you know, they just don't know how to clarify what's real and what's not. And everyone deserves somebody and everybody deserves the right person, but start looking the right way because gifts, love bombing, letters, holidays, expensive things don't make a good man. Remember that. Thank you for listening to another episode of Uncut and Uncensored with Caroline Stanbury. Thank you for listening. You can catch my new episode of my podcast every Wednesday. Please don't forget to follow so you don't miss any of the action. I want to hear from you, so leave me a rating and a review. Follow us on social for all the behind scenes action and more information at Uncut and Uncensored by Caroline. See you next week.